Hello and welcome to the Stronger Squad podcast where we chat about all things training, nutrition, mindset and lifestyle for everyday women who are just trying to live a healthier life without restrictions, bad diets, excessive training and unrealistic expectations. If you are interested in joining my fat loss and freedom project coaching plan, please visit my website in the show notes below and I hope you enjoy this episode. Did you want to like, just kind of give us a bit of an introduction of who you are, what you do and like why you got into, you know, nutrition coaching and obviously becoming a coach in general? Yep. Brilliant. Okay. So I am, I'm Dee. I am a nutritionist. I'm a personal trainer by trade, I guess. Um, But I have also come from a place where I had a dysfunctional relationship with food and with exercise and it it did consume my life, my thoughts, even the decisions that I was making for years until I started to learn about it. And I I kind of one of those situations where you're hearing something and then you realize, oh, that's actually me. And I don't think I fully comprehended it at the time. And then I started to figure out kind of along the way why I struggled and the things that might have been influencing it and fast forward a little bit I did end up down the line eventually getting help from another coach as well which was really a game changer because at that point I definitely did think that I had come much further than I thought I had and then realized okay there's actually a bit of work to do here but I did the work and I have come out the other side where I am in a position and now I am qualified to help others and I guess it makes me that little bit more passionate about it but I'm I do think I'm also quite good at separating myself from that not everybody's experience is my experience but it just brings I think an extra level of passion so Right now, I'm the owner of DC Health and Fitness, which is a gym in Cork in Ireland. And we primarily run small group personal training. But I have also worked online for quite a while as well with clients for one-to-one nutrition coaching. Um, But I guess in more recent times, I've been developing the DC nutrition side of things, which is the online coaching. So this side of the business has been my focus a lot more now. Um, but I think across across DC in general, so I try to bring this to both the gym and the online, um, is that I'm very much focused on supporting people with their relationships with food and with exercise and with their body. And it's always been health first. So I'm pretty adamant that anything that we begin to work on, any training that you introduce or any work that we do around your food, that it is with the point of benefiting you or adding to your life and not taking away from it or consuming you. So I don't want someone's goals to consume their whole life. I, you know, where they feel like they have to choose between health and living, because I kind of feel like that's been the narrative for quite a while. And I do think it's changing, but I want my clients to thrive and I want them to enjoy what is most important to them. And that's different for everybody. And I help them find that middle ground, I guess, where health and joy, it goes hand in hand. And it's very much with the view that this is an investment for your future. Um, And I'm I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of what I've built and 
you know what it's what we've built and I, I say we because that absolutely includes my members as well in the gym and clients online um of course like I'm totally biased in this situation here but it's you know it's a gym where we have just the kindest friendly and welcoming people like it's it's not just me I'm really so proud of how everybody looks out for and welcomes new members into the gym because I mean it can be really scary and a little bit intimidating to start something new like even outside the gym anything new but I do like to think at DC that we are changing the perception a little bit of what going to the gym means and what includes strength training looks like and that it's not the perception or version that you might always see online like it is for everybody and I really mean that and I know I know even online the perception is massively changing I do think with you know there's a a bit of more of a shift but especially with more coaches like you um showing up too but you know I do still think that there's some work to do at the same time and I do think I slot right into that or we all do at DC so yeah that's me that's awesome though and you are right, like everybody's individual, everybody's circumstances are different, uh, their goals are different. And I think it's so important. I did, just did a podcast last week with Lee from AF Mentors about gym anxiety and women stepping into the gym because it is freaking scary. And um, also I've just been speaking to a friend of mine and she actually reached out because she'd gone to the gym without a boyfriend and she had a bit of a plan in her head and then she got there and she said this indescribable feeling of anxiety just kind of overcame her. Like she went into the gym area to maybe grab some dumbbells or something, but then there was quite a few people there. So she didn't want to be in their way. And she said it really got her down. Like she went home and had a cry and like was like, you know, I'm not, I'm never going back. Um, but I'm quite glad she reached out to me just for some advice because like I would never want anyone to feel like that in any situation and I think it's our job as coaches to like be able to help you know women or whoever it is overcome those situations because as I said to her like something like going into the gym being a massive anxiety for someone if they can overcome that then I do honestly think it has a positive impact on other areas of their life in terms of well obviously they're going to be able to improve their health and get strong but being able to overcome something that was so scary at the time will give them that motivation and that confidence that if they could, if they could overcome that situation, then maybe there's other things in their life that are holding them back because they're anxious or scared about that they can ultimately overcome, you know, with the right help or the right support. So, and I think what, like, again, I try and remind myself, like I remember feeling like that and being in that situation and we're lucky that we're at a point now that we don't even think twice about it because we're that confident in that area. But like I tried to remind her and remind the women that I work with is that we all have been there. Like we have all done exercises shitly. Our technique has been shit. Like we've had the anxiety. We've not really known how to use the equipment. But the only reason we are where we are is because we continue to show up. We continue to, you know, I guess, practice and do the movements. And, you know, I'm sure even now some of my techniques probably not the best, but it's mm-hmm. definitely improved since when I started because I've just continuously did it. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, obviously, at the start, you said that I, originally kind of like the reason, I guess, maybe 
how it's led you to be where you are is that you had a, a dysfunctional relationship with food and training. And I just wondered if you wanted to like, not, you don't have to delve into it, but explain kind of a little bit more in terms of what you mean by dysfunctional, um, just because obviously it's helped you become an amazing coach now and help people who may be in that similar position to create better habits and a healthier approach to their diet and exercise. I think when I when I started off, so I I was always sporty or involved in sport in some way. And I wasn't really into the gym. I kind of just I fell into that with my college course and kind of got involved from there. But I was kind of it's only in hindsight that I'm looking at it. And I was kind of thrown into this whole new ball game or whole new environment where it wasn't about skill. It wasn't about, I think at the time, maybe different now, but at the, it wasn't about skill. It wasn't about performance. It maybe had a lot more of a focus on aesthetics. And I think maybe I didn't really feel like I fit that bill or even if it maybe my just my own perception at the time, but felt that I was different to everybody else. And some way or another, do you know, I'm not really sure that I can even explain how or where it escalated, but I just became obsessed with training, with um food, it to the point where I this is actually I told the story on Instagram before, but I it got so ridiculous. And I know this is actually not funny, but <laughs> I got to the point where my idea of a good meal was to get a baking bowl, you know, like the big baking bowls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fill that with broccoli. Right. Put Cajun spices over the top because um, I got sick of eating broccoli and that would be my food for the day so that will tell you the level of like it was a lot and I, I, I'm not even sure how that how long that went on for but I got to the point where like I couldn't not go to the gym every day if I didn't I would be riddled with guilt um it, it just escalated from there and I guess it was so normalized at the time and I was getting a lot of praise I was getting a lot of praise for the changes my body changed because I was eating significantly less I was training a lot more the focus was on aesthetics that's really all I cared about at the time and I was getting a lot of praise for it so it just kind of reinforced the idea that I must be doing something right and it just kept going from there and I got to the point where I actually did end up signing up with the coach at one point and this coach gave me a meal plan and that meal plan was actually less restrictive than what I was doing prior to that so in a weird turn of events the meal plan actually brought more variety to my food again Mm. and at some point I did kind of get a little bit more interested in crossfit which took the focus away from aesthetics and was more about performance and enjoying my workouts and I made friends there you know I loved the coaches so I think I got a lot of the way and made improvements a lot of the way myself Mm. and then through learning even with EIQ Nutrition 
I kind of realized that maybe I need a little bit more support than just doing this myself. And that's when I ended up working with another coach. And yeah, I guess I guess now I'm at the point where I'm out the other side and I'm looking back at it being like, that was mad. And like, if you if you told me at the time that there was anything wrong with what I was doing, I would have eat you. I was like, I could not, I could not see it. Could not see it at all. Um, but I do actually remember uh, a manager in the gym that I worked with. He was on the ball. He spotted it straight away. And I do like, it's only in hindsight, again, looking back that I can remember comments that he made or comments uh, like in a helpful way that he was just trying to really get through to me that, you know, something wasn't right here. And it's only now like even in the last couple of months that I'm sitting here being like oh yeah remember when he said that to me that's that's why he was saying that to me or that's why he was concerned or I just didn't see it I didn't see it at all I guess you don't you don't see when I mean I know this sounds vague but it's like any situation even in like you know maybe not a a relationship that's probably not right like when you're in it you don't see it and I think because you don't want to see it like and if it's giving you some sort of joy or gratification at the time like it's very hard to take yourself out of that situation and you know it's like when loads of people give you advice about a difficult situation you're going through yeah that's all you know great but most times you're not going to take that on board are you I mean I know like I won't take it on board I've been in situations (laughs) where you know friends have you know given me advice about something I've been through and like I've listen to them but I haven't you know kind of taken it in I've just got Mm -hmm. on with my situation and you know obviously hasn't turned out great um but like what do you think was your turning point or was it like a gradual thing over time like or is there something in in particular that like kind of happened or you just like a a light bulb moment went off and you're like no this has to change the way that I'm doing things Yeah, it was definitely gradual for me. So there was really no light bulb moment or sudden change. Um, I think I just eventually, in in a way, kind of hit rock bottom with it. And the only way was up from there. But it it was definitely gradual. I did at one point get sick, something completely unrelated. So that kind of threw me out of the routine that I was in. And the focus did have to be on recovery and getting better and making sure that I was eating. So maybe that did help to break the cycle. But I do think overall it was gradual and just learning. And even I think like even at the time that Amelia Thompson I don't know became more visible to me and maybe on social media and other people and. I think over time it was just me learning and starting to recognize myself in a lot of it. And it, I, th- I don't, I actually don't think it was anything more than that for me, but it was just gradual learning and then eventually recognizing that, okay, maybe I just need a little bit of support to get myself the rest of the way. And like, it's always ongoing. It's never completely in the rear view mirror, but you know, you are through it and you have those tools to deal with whatever crops up at any given time. And it's just being able to recognize that and 
deal with it because it's not something that will just go away or that will be fine. You do have to face it head on as hard as that might be. But definitely more of a gradual thing for me. Um, And I wondered if, like, obviously, when you were going through this, did you, like, notice any difference in, like, your mood or your energy or, like, I don't know, your relationships with, like, the people closest to you? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I was definitely... Now, there were some other things going on at the time as well. So I, I definitely don't want to be giving the impression that everything was down to my food and my exercise or my relationship with it. But I definitely was irritable, annoyed, moody, all of all of the above, like all of the above. I just don't think I was enjoying life. You know, I wasn't thriving. Everything was about going to the gym. My day was about the gym and that was it. Obviously, I had to work too, but I worked in a gym. So, you know, it was, yeah. So like I, all through college, I was working in a gym. So, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't leave. There was no balance between who I was in a, as a person and who my work. So I was D, the personal trainer, not D that likes pizza and likes to go for swims and you know it's it was just all about being a PT and exercise and at the time that was completely normal to me it is strange I like often find that and I'm becoming better and I'm trying to like make changes but someone actually one of my clients like this is probably six months ago asked me like what I enjoy doing or like what kind of brought me happiness outside of my work. And you know what's quite embarrassing is that I think I was going through a little bit of shit like back then. Um, I couldn't actually say anything. I didn't know what I enjoyed doing outside of coaching. I didn't really know what brought me happiness. And it actually like made me quite emotional because I feel like how how can I be a 29-year-old woman who's, you know, got a great life, you know, loves what she does, but... I couldn't even say what I enjoyed doing outside of work like that was all I all I kind of knew and I think it's hard with being a coach and especially like you know I'm I'm sure you're like me like we want to give as much value to our clients and help them as much as possible Um, but it can be hard trying to distinguish who you are as a person versus who you are as a coach Um, so I completely kind of get you know in terms of what you were just saying like I've definitely been there and even now sometimes I'm trying to still work on that aspect which I just feel like it sounds stupid to say you know what I mean but you it, know what it really isn't a stupid thing to say at all because I completely relate and I'm definitely still working on that so it's you know if maybe through some life changes and things changing that I kind of got a bit of perspective and was able to sit back and be like okay I love my job and I love what I do I adore my clients but it is not who I am Mm. it is not me as a person it is my job I may love my job but it is still my job and I could yeah like, like I'm fully okay with saying that it's only now that I'm like well, no, actually, who is D? What do I like? What do I enjoy doing? Because I couldn't answer those questions either. And it it even seems like bizarre to say, but uh, it, it doesn't sound silly to me at all because I get it. 
Yeah. And I think it's about like actively trying to like, you know, trying to find things that you enjoy and making time to do those things. Like that's something I'm really trying to work on. And now I value my time with my friends and the family that I have over here or I'm I am prioritizing training. Not I only train like three days a week, but I, I do it for my mental health and because it makes me feel good. And I feel like when I do a workout, I'm like, I just feel like I can tackle the world because I've just got that workout done that I said I was going to do. And I guess it's learning to prioritize yourself and your own interests sometimes above being a coach, which can be hard. Um, and it's a tough one. It's like, you know, it's like with our clients, obviously they're going through their own personal journeys with health and fitness and, you know, it is you have to kind of work at it every single day like not every week's going to be perfect and you're not going to tick everything off and it shouldn't really end ever because even if you get to your current goal so to speak like you if you like if you're happy about being where you're at you're going to have to maintain that in some aspect and that is going to involve you continuously working um on yourself and on your habits every single day to you know make sure that you don't kind of go back to a place where you didn't enjoy or you weren't, you know, happy or showing up as your best. Um, so I think it's quite nice for, you know, people to know that coaches, like, you know, even though we're a coach and we're advising we're humans, we are, and we go through the same, you know, limiting beliefs and overthinking and struggles day in, day out. But I think, you know, lucky for us, we're trying to, implement strategies or you know um create better habits or like work on our mindset to make sure that that thing that happens to us doesn't get us down to the point where we give up and we don't get up the next day and just try again because and I know everyone's situation is different but now like no matter what I'm doing I'm never going to give up and I know that probably sounds like quite a confident or bold thing to say but I, I just couldn't like I'm okay about things failing now whereas before I'd be bloody like anxious and scared and overthinking and thinking I'm shit but like I don't care if something fails because at least they gave it a go like the worst thing you can do is not give something a go and then spend ages regretting it like at least you tried it if you failed try again you might you know it might work in in a period of time or you might figure out maybe it's not the best approach for you or whatever circumstance it is but You'll never know until you try. And I think like, you know, what's the point giving up? Because you'll only end up putting yourself down, making yourself feel bad. Like just get up the next day, give it another red hot crack and see what happens. I might change my mind about this, but in some ways I think that you almost need to fail at something so that you can realize that it will actually, oh, the, the world hasn't ended because I failed at this. And, oh, I can just continue going and trying again and living and, it's okay mm. and also it's, a, it's an opportunity like to learn like if something's failed there's obviously something not right about what you're doing and if you hadn't failed then you might have been following a plan or nutrition thing that you think oh was okay but like the fact that you know you slipped up or something failed then you just learn and you figure out well what why didn't it work what didn't it work so that you know you can improve on those aspects and either get better at it or have more of a chance at you know ticking it off or achieving the goal that you want to achieve yeah absolutely no I, I completely agree completely agree um 
one question I wanted to ask you and like from your clients is like what do you think's like some of the kind of the what is it the biggest mistakes that you see people make when it comes to their diet or like their perception of nutrition so I there's probably a lot of small things and I guess maybe this is not so much a mistake but I do think a lot of individuals that I would work with have come from a history of dieting maybe a place where there has been a huge emphasis on how they look or pressure to look a certain way where there has not been maybe there has actually been a lot of fear mongering around food or misinformation and for a lot of people food is taking up far too much of their head space to the point where it's having an impact on their life it's having an impact on their relationships their relationship with themselves their relationships with the people around them the people they care about and they don't want this for themselves anymore but they don't quite know how to navigate it and they need support so I think some of the biggest things that come up are showing people that it isn't all or nothing it isn't an either or a situation that they can enjoy food and they can still care about their health they don't have to choose between the two and that exercise it it isn't for punishment or for the sole purpose of burning calories or that the only reason that you might exercise is for fat loss alone that it's not that that it's so much more than it and that you can actually enjoy it as well and it's one of the best things that you can do for your health independent of calorie burn, independent independent of any changes in your weight or how you might look and the same the same with food like it's not good or bad it's not all food or no food food is nourishment yes but it's also tied to culture it's also tied to social settings with friends with family with people you care about um, it's something to share and it's just so much more than boiling it down to one thing and I do think that there there is that middle ground where we can make considered choices for our health and not be miserable or munching on a bowl of black broccoli like I was <laughs> instead of the chocolate that I probably wanted in the first place it was a very dramatic example but anyway but the, the point, I guess, is that there is space for both and it's people thinking or not knowing yet, which isn't necessarily their fault, that you don't necessarily have to choose and that you can care about your health, but not cut out everything that you enjoy or boil exercise down to calorie burn. Mm. And like, like life shouldn't be miserable and you shouldn't be missing out on social occasions or birthdays or things that you want to enjoy because you think you have to stay on track or stick to a diet. Like I, it just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Food's, food is life to me. And I really look forward to good meals and like spending, like you said, like spending quality time with like family and friends often involves food and those types of occasions and being able to, manage that situation and not feel guilty for enjoying yourself and spending that time and eating that delicious food is like what we try and help people kind of get to and like you said it is that it is possible I know like a lot of people probably think it's not because like you said a lot of your clients have come from like 
lots of years of dieting and you know unfortunately they obviously haven't found something that has helped them enough to create those healthy habits but it's absolutely possible um and trying to steer away from that all or nothing mindset is i guess super important when it comes to like you know building a healthy lifestyle and nutrition yeah, and I do like I do recognize as well that that's a hard realization to come to when you have come from a place that's so restrictive. But I'm definitely thinking back to my uh, baking bowl and broccoli days, and there's no hell that I have to stop talking about this baking bowl and broccoli. But there's no way in hell that I could ever go back to that. And like, and I know that that's a really, really positive thing. Um, but I, I, I do think sometimes people think that they almost have to be in one camp or the other, and that there's maybe like two sides on social media but you know there is again that gray middle area that is probably where most of the answers lie and you can acknowledge the role of energy balance and you can acknowledge the importance of nutrient dense foods and sometimes that means limiting other foods but it's removing that fear and giving people back autonomy between the gym and coaching, if I if I ever learned anything, it's that people give themselves such a hard time. And we tend to be far tougher on ourselves than we ever would be on a friend or a family or honestly, even a stranger on the street. I think we'd be tougher on ourselves. So it's just trying to help people take that next step and move beyond that, which I do appreciate is a hard thing to do at the same time. I agree and when we speak about things it's we're not speaking about it from a place of like you said it's going to be easy you can just change change a few things and then here you go like Mm -hmm. it takes time it takes a light bulb moment or something to go off in yourself to say like what I'm doing isn't right it isn't good for me I need to actively invest in myself and you know invest in potentially getting some help from a coach to help kind of maybe undo years worth of negative kind of either knowledge or information that you picked up along the way of how you're supposed to do things um but yeah it's it's a tough one it takes a lot of work and it's not easy but as you know when you do put in the work when you stick at it when you don't give up when you continue to invest in yourself and you take the time to educate yourself it will pay off and you will come out the other side and you will eventually be in a position of having the best of both worlds and enjoying yourself on social occasions but still eating well and still training and then if you go away for a holiday you can go away without feeling like shit am I going to be able to train like what food am I going to have am I going to put on weight like because it takes away from your holiday like you know I mean you're going there to relax and have a good time potentially with like family or friends or your partner like and that's what you should be focusing on not the food you're going to eat or obsessing over your exercise because you're so worried that you're going to lose progress and again I'm saying that not as if it's easy for people because I know it's super hard but it's more of as a point of you can get there it just takes time and it takes patience it takes a lot of patience because you'll go through days where they're great and you're you feel on track and you feel like you're making progress and then there's going to pop a day will pop up and you're like bloody hell what's the point in all this but Mm -hmm. The difference is, is that you get up the following day and you continue to try again. You don't let that, you know, one bad day or bad week kind of overcome 
potentially or the progress you've already made to improving your values, improving your habits, improving your health. Because, you know, when you push through and you do come out the other side, you'll be so, so grateful that you stuck at it. I do actually think that's a really important point, though, to to acknowledge that it isn't easy and that change is hard. But if you do have the support of the coach, part of our job is cutting through some of the noise with regards to information, but that you know, it doesn't need to be harder in some respect than, or complicated, let's say. It doesn't need to be super complicated, but I would acknowledge the point that it, like, it, it is still hard to change and that there shouldn't be this expectation. I don't think that, you know, because we're now taking a different approach than you might have before, it might be easier than that last approach but it's still tough and it's still hard to to make change such a worthwhile change to make yeah absolutely um it's a tough one because everyone's so different you know people experience different things in terms of exercise and nutrition and some may find it harder than others but you know if you have a good coach and a good support network like it's not like you said it's not supposed to be complicated and by having a coach they actually kind of uncomplicate it for you and they like you said take away the noise they take away all the shit information that maybe you've been you know kind of reading up on they simplify it for you and then they help you build a routine that's simple because although it's hard work like the reality of it is simple but you need the right coach to be able to take away that noise in your head and take away all the other information that you've been learning over the years and say, you know, let's not do this, try it this way. And then once you stick it a bit, you know, there's so many positive changes that can come from it. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, Another question, I'm going to bombard you with questions. Um, it's like, you know, there's all this talk of a healthy relationship with food like coaches always say it's all on Instagram but I wanted to just get your view on like you know when we talk about a healthy relationship with food what and like to anyone who might be wondering well what does that even mean like because it it can sound quite vague what do you think a healthy relationship with food looks like it has kind of become a bit of a buzzword hasn't it to be thrown around the place um but so I would say first of all that a a poor relationship with food would be when it starts to negatively impact your life and so then a good relationship with food would therefore be where your approach to nutrition does not negatively impact on your life so like the things that we were talking about before even your relationship with yourself where the relationships around you and I I would say the same with exercise that you know that your exercise habits aren't negatively impacting your life and exercise is probably the one that I think that's actually not talked about as much you do hear a relationship with food quite a bit more but there are lots of influences to someone's relationship with food and their body as well but like when I think when we say that, well, what I say when we are working on someone's relationship with food, they might be struggling with overeating or maybe undereating. 
They might feel guilt and shame around food. They could be following food rules or emotional eating, a history of dieting or yo-yo dieting. It could be restrictive eating. It could be using exercise to compensate for food that they've eaten. It could be dichotomous thinking. So black and white thinking towards food that this is good and this is bad. Like there, there are lots and not everybody's going to fit into all of these categories, but these are just ways that it could present. But I suppose one thing that I do see is like a lot of this stuff is still normalized. So it's not always recognized immediately as an issue or a problem. And, you know, it's it's not always either the the actual food choice or type of exercise or that makes something problematic or makes it a problem it is a lot of the time the intention behind it so you know me choosing to cut out bread because I just don't like bread is really not, not a problem me choosing to cut out bread because I think that it's an unhealthful thing to me to have or it's bad and I'm just not going to eat it anymore because you know I don't feel I should be having it well that might set off alarm bells in my head a little bit more if someone might say that to me so it's not always the action itself but your intention behind it completely agree with that and I think when you change the intention behind like why you eat the food you do or why you train it becomes 100 times more enjoyable because um and I think I got this from <clears throat> Rebecca um on AFM and you know your intentions should be nourishing not punishing and it can take some time for people with quote unquote a bad relationship with exercise nutrition to overcome that but, you know, you, you shouldn't be punishing your body with tons of exercise and restrictive dieting because you put on weight and, you know, what's kind of come of you over the last five, 10 years. You should be looking with the intention of nourishing your body because you want to get fitter. You want to get healthy. You want to be able to run around with the kids without feeling out of breath. You want to just build your confidence up, build your self-esteem up. And when you change the intention it really does make a difference to how you show up um, and pretty much how like you being able to stick at something and make it more of like a lifestyle change and a routine and a habit that you enjoy doing. Because if you don't enjoy doing something, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. You might be able to stick out, stick at it for a bit if you're determined, but it will never, it won't last forever. Like you, you will end up kind of like, either stopping or something will happen because like why would you why would you do something that you don't enjoy I mean we've probably all been in this situation where you've just done it when you probably shouldn't have but like if you get into that mindset and the mindset of like you know the intention behind the action there is no point doing something that you hate because you won't stick to it yeah exactly and it's like any of these changes that we're making it's meant to be because we want to make an improvement to our life and feel better not to take from it so again that like that intention if I'm restricting or taking something out or exercising for the sole purpose of I need to then 
I'm going to feel a whole lot different, even if I'm doing exactly the same thing. Then if I change that narrative and say, no, I get to do this. I get to, I want to, you know, I could cancel, but really that, well, that's not actually what I said that I wanted for myself. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking about that last night. Like, I think I just, I had to, I don't know, I had a big day and then I, I don't know, I had to post on socials or do something. And I'm like, you know, feeling tired. And I'm like, it sounds a bit strange, but I kind of thought to myself and probably said to myself, because I speak to myself quite a lot. I'm like, you know, like, I don't have to do any of this. I could just stop. Like, no one's forcing me to do anything. And it'd be really easy to stop. But I don't want to because, you know, I've got intentions, I've got goals, I've got things I want to achieve and I want to show up as my best self. So, you know, I'm not just going to stop, although it's easy to stop. Like, do you know I mean, when no one's forcing you to do something or keeping you accountable, but again, it's, it's, it's the intention and it's just continuously reminding yourself. And a question I, you know, ask my clients to ask themselves and I keep saying is that like, will your future self be grateful? And if they say mm. yes, or if you if you in yourself ask physically, you know, verbally ask you that question and you say yes, like, then you need to do it. Like, th- there is no doubt about it. Again, not saying it's easy, it'll take time, it'll take you putting in the work, changing your habits. But if you know your future self will be grateful, then you don't want to disappoint yourself because when you disappoint yourself, you create stories in your head, you create limiting beliefs, self-doubt, and it just continues to spiral and then impacts other areas of your life. And I think from being like coaching women and being a coach, I'm understanding that way more that you giving up on an exercise plan, just say it's not it's not just about giving up on a simple exercise plan. It's about giving up on yourself and your future self and, you know, your health and your self-worth and your confidence. So sometimes explaining that to people kind of puts it into a bit more perspective because they might be thinking quite small at the time oh it's just an exercise plan or you know it's just a nutrition plan but it's not just an exercise nutrition plan because when you look after your health when you look after your mental health ultimately like it is going to impact positively in every other aspect of your life yeah I, I use that phrase a lot too with my clients and it's particularly in the gym actually when you know, when someone's debating, should I cancel the class or should I go and turn up? And it's like, well, what will your future self thank you for? Are you going to, you know, are you just feeling a bit off and, you know, don't really feel like going, but you know that if you go, you're going to feel way better for getting the session done. Or do you genuinely need the rest and Mm -hmm. would be worse off for turning up for the session and would just be setting yourself back on recovering like do you need to stay home and rest would you feel better if that's what you did and it's just yeah it's really just asking yourself that question and putting it back to yourself that well why am I doing this in the first place Mm. and reflecting like reflecting is so important again it's something that I've realized um over the last couple of months and has helped me massively um and even the question of like you know will your future self be grateful like it is allowing it can allow you to make far better decisions and this is something I always speak about but like you know as humans we go for instant gratification we go for something quick easy that's going to give us a result or give us some sort of feeling or you know what I mean? Like straight away. 
And that is the easy option, unfortunately. But you need to ask yourself, will my future self be grateful? And you might not reap the benefits straight away, but in the future you will. Like I um I told this analogy about like get my um feeling my car up you know when you just can't be arsed like it's the it's the biggest task in the world like freaking hell like you know and then you just drive on empty for ages just hoping hoping you don't conk out and then there was this one time I had to get up the next day at like 4 30 and I was so close to descend screw it I'll go home straight away and I was like will my future self be grateful I put fuel in my car and it's obviously I said yes so I bloody went and fueled it up which takes five minutes like you know it's not really not that big a deal is it um but then when I got up the next morning it meant I didn't have to wake up slightly earlier it meant I didn't have to bloody rush around and I got my car and I was so freaking grateful that I wasn't a lazy shit the day before and I just went and fueled my car up I'm glad there's more of us in the world because I definitely am that person that's like sweating on my way to the petrol station being like am I gonna make it (laughs) it's ridiculous because it's it's the smallest thing that at the time you think is the biggest inconvenience and it just takes five minutes like literally it's so easy now put a bit of fuel in quickly pay by car and you're gone (laughs) oh but um so I (sighs) Being an online nutrition coach and obviously working with so many people in person online, how do you approach coaching people through changes in their nutrition or their diet? Like, it, I know that's it might seem like a big question because everybody is so individual. Um, but like, is there kind of like a framework that you approach with a client when they come on board to try and help them improve their nutrition? I wouldn't say necessarily a, a framework, but I definitely do have kind of paint the narrative the same that I, I always say to people when they apply and when they come in for their initial caller consultation that this is a partnership. So I am your ally here. It's it's never going to be a space where I bark orders at you and send you off ish. Like it was really important starting and it still is for me to create a space where people feel heard, they feel understood and they feel supported. And I very much like to present the information, the cost, because there always is one, mm. the benefits to making that choice. But I suppose the point is, is that ultimately you have choice and it's setting up clients for long-term success and people people trusting me with their health is not something that I take lightly so I mean the the coaching itself is a compassionate approach where I do use evidence-based techniques and this uh, this does include improving your nutrition and I generally like to focus on inclusion rather than exclusion of foods but also looking at things like mindset and looking at introducing a person to mindfulness or self-compassion or understanding hunger and fullness or mindful eating, getting getting to the root cause of why they might be struggling with their relationship with food in the per- in the first place, which I think is really important. And we also look at their overall activity and exercise and sometimes we do have some tough conversations and there is accountability, but 
it always comes from a place of care for you and I'm I'm, I'm always on your team always mm-hmm. um but I suppose having for me like having a coach is so much more than just the information you know it's not a generic plan or a fad diet it's health for many 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 more years to come and I think I think most people at this point recognize that it goes far beyond just the food and the exercise but how I approach it with each individual it is more so using these techniques but what we actually do on a week-to-week basis depends on you your needs your goals and where you need the most support with because that's just not the same for everybody so there is no set plan of this is what we're going to do on week one week two week three it's more a case of we have a conversation at the start and we make a plan together so I might give you an idea of what we think might things might work best for you because that is part of my job but we we put the plan together and we decide how each week is going to go so you will check in with me every week and this will be in written form you'll also have calls with me and we reflect we we have habit-based goals for each of the week this is both to do with exercise nutrition but also on the mindfulness side of things too and we will reflect on how the week went and then we'll set goals for the week ahead and this might not change every week but it is you dependent on whoever is sitting in front of me or whoever I'm working with yeah that I think is key like your approach in terms of you'll make a plan together but it is so dependent on you know kind of family responsibilities work what you feel like you can commit to without feeling overwhelmed and taking it um that week by week approach as you do is definitely similar to what I do because you just don't know how someone's week's gonna go like and especially if someone's had a you know a a bad experience with dieting in the past or you know has had a you know bad relationship with food so to speak that it's caused you know more than like you know emotional trauma etc like you just got to take it week by week and the thing with like nutrition or exercise or improving your habits is that like it does take time habits take time to instill and to become automated so to speak in your life um and some weeks you're gonna feel on top of the world and be able to handle you know quite a lot of things to tick off and then other weeks you just simply won't but that is absolutely okay because that is a part of life 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 has its ups and downs you have your good weeks you have your bad weeks um and just understanding that starting small like even if it's like if someone comes to you and where you start them is potentially in their mind five steps back to where they were a few years ago that's not a bad thing I honestly believe starting small ticking off low-hanging fruit because the the main reason is that you want people to feel like they can actually accomplish the things that they want to do or they've told you they want to do and you're helping them do because by ticking off something small consistently ultimately gives them that sense of self-accomplishment but also like the belief in themselves that you know what I actually can do this I can stick to something I can take my steps off or I can drink my water whatever it is and by 
making it a low hanging fruit or something they can actually achieve within that week, again, it's going to have a positive impact on the following week because they're like, right, I was able to do X, Y, and Z this week. I feel confident that I can try again for next week or I can increase my steps slightly or I can increase my protein or whatever it may be. And it's just about giving someone, well, one, helping them create those, like create autonomy themselves. Because I think when someone is able to accomplish something on their own, that sense of self-accomplishment is just like undescribable, especially if they've had a rough experience with their weight or eating or exercise, like being able to tick small things off and just feel like you're headed in the right direction will ultimately allow you to add more things to your, you know, either your goals or to your intentions each week and just build that confidence in yourself and reduce the limiting beliefs that, you know, you're never going to be able to kind of change, not necessarily change the way you are is not like what I mean, if you, if that makes sense, but improve your health, improve your habits. Um, And I think, again it comes down to instant gratification I think people are very they want results quick they want to change quick they want to be this new version of themselves quick but the reality is it just doesn't happen that way like because if it did we'd all be our best versions we'd all be successful we'd all have you know if you wanted to get in a certain shape like we'd all be there and me and you would probably be out of our job um but it's just a case of being patient which sounds boring to a lot of people I know but it is it is the reality (laughs) but I think once they start as well and they do start taking off those things of being like okay I can do this it's positive reinforcement for them as well that oh shit yeah okay like I I'm I'm up for this I can do this this is this is different to before rather than setting yourself up to fail at the stage of the week where you've set your expectations so high that you know at the stage of the week in the back of your mind somewhere that I know I've told her I'm going to do that but I'm probably not going to do that so if we're if we're thinking that at the start of the week then well our expectations are too big we've set the bar too high and we need to take a step back yeah and I for me personally I would rather a client be completely honest and say, hey, look, like, I just don't think I can manage much this week. And just just tell me what what they, because at the end of the day, it's them who has to do the work. Like, I'm there to coach, you're there to coach. But at, at the end of the day, like, you're the one who has to make a conscious effort to try and tick these intentions off. So we would rather, like, the client start small and say something they generally think they could do literally even Mm -hmm. like I was speaking to a lady um who I'm currently helping and you know when we first started speaking like even the thought of a 15 minute walk a day was a lot because she has work and a lot of family things going on now she's you know eight weeks on she's increased her steps but because we set like I don't want to say the the bar low like in a negative way I'm not meaning that in a negative way but I just said try 10 minutes a day like for a week see how you get on and if you feel like you can manage that then the following week we could do 15 and she was able to do that because it wasn't this big like I wasn't saying you need to get 10,000 steps today when clearly you know she's probably getting less than 5,000 and she was able to like see herself doing that and I think if someone doesn't see themselves being able to achieve something like then they're not going to be able to do it. So just like the clients being honest with us and say, this is where I think I'm at and this is what I want to try this week. 
again, if you have a good coach, it's not a place of judgment. You know, like you said, you want to create like a safe, compassionate space because that is like that, that is why they're coming to you. Do you know what I mean? Like to to get this help, to be able to speak to you about these things and honestly tell you this is where I'm at. Is this gonna be okay? And it is because at least they're starting and then they'll tick that off or they'll have that sense of self-accomplishment. And then there'll be something else the following week that they think, okay, cool, I got that done. What what else can I do? And setting realistic expectations is so important, like from the very beginning, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's why it's really important to have that conversation at the start as well, because you know, I'm not looking for perfect. In fact, I'm actively discouraging you from trying to be perfect. We're looking for imperfect action and like your client with the steps. So it felt achievable to her. And if someone, you know, if someone comes to me and they're, so they're having a desk job, they don't, they're not very active. They have maybe two, 3000 steps. They come with that target of, oh, I know I'm nowhere near 10,000, but if we set that target of 10,000 steps, that might not actually be achievable. In fact, it's probably not achievable for most people. So, well, maybe we can increase it to four. Mm. Maybe we can increase it to five because that's a hell of a lot better than staying at two or three because you can't make it to 10. Yeah, that's it. I completely agree. So clearly we coach similarly, which is good. It's a good way to coach and setting realistic expectations. Yeah. As you were saying before, like, we are so hard on ourselves as an individual that if we fail something, it seems like the end of the world. And for us, we just want to help our clients, obviously, you know, improve, get from A to B, but feel like they can actually achieve it. And uh, yeah, I, that's what, that's when people succeed. That's when people reach their goals, but most importantly, they reach their goals, but can maintain it in a healthy approach after, because I think that's, probably like one of the hardest things for people to do you know I mean it's sometimes it's hard to reach a goal in your health and fitness journey but once you reach that goal like you have like well you don't have to if you don't want to but most people want to maintain it because they're feeling good about themselves they're feeling healthy they're feeling fit so it's again just continuously working on yourself every day to maintain you know kind of the goal that you've achieved absolutely absolutely I suppose it's probably a good time to say as well, like if anybody does recognize themselves in any of the things that we've discussed here, that you don't have to continue that way. There there is another way, but I do, of course, appreciate that it is so hard taking that first step. And I can say myself that I didn't even recognize that I needed to take that step in the first place. So I hear you on that. But in my opinion, and I'd be giving the same advice to myself, way back when is that it is a necessary step because it won't just go away and it's not fine Mm. and that's often the hardest part isn't it like one investing in yourself but investing in a coach like you know in terms of financial aspect completely understand that but also like if you want to get the most out of coaching you do have to be vulnerable about your situation and honest about your emotions and potentially your personal circumstances because generally like when you have maybe a healthy uh, unhealthy relationship with food or exercise it goes a lot deeper than that and that's maybe not always but a lot of the time it stems from 
personal trauma or things that have happened to you and you've used it as an outlet to either trying to brush over the situation or channel into eat you know either not eating or eating too much or exercising too much or not exercising too much so again this is our job to help kind of unwrap all that to get to the the root cause like you were saying earlier because until you get to the root cause of why you're doing what you're doing you won't be able to make changes it will just be something you continuous continuously brush under the carpet and I I'm getting better but I used to be someone who you know maybe difficult situations or personal relationships etc like if something kind of difficult happened I'd be like all right just get over it like just brush it under the carpet like you know don't have time for this etc and I'm so bad at articulating and like saying how I feel I guess because you you don't want to be judged by the other person or you know I, I often don't know how to express how I feel vocally so I would just brush it under the carpet now I realize that's obviously not the best way to do things like as much as it's difficult to address your emotions and ad address how you feel like it will it won't go away you think you're brushing under the carpet you think it's all good but there'll be one day in a situation or whatever you're in it will pop up and probably be 10 times worse than if you dealt with it you know how many years prior um and one thing I don't know if you're into journaling but journaling has really and again I I've been speaking about this a lot because I found it firsthand like really really good because it's a safe space that because there's going to be some things you won't want to tell your coach and I I get that like vulnerability is freaking hard um but journaling has helped me be to be able to kind of get out how I feel because I can't say it and I don't know how to explain it I can write it in my journal and know that I'm the only one reading it no one's judging me even if it's out it doesn't make sense I'm like getting it kind of off my brain and it's a way to decompress and just come to terms with how you're feeling on the day and but also not just how you're feeling like if you're feeling anxious one day or really exhausted like it's not, it, you need to find out why. So like journaling has enabled me to write down how I felt that day if I had like negative emotions or whatever. But then the next layer is saying, well, why did I feel like that? What happened? What triggered me? And then that allows you to either implement strategies or just kind of work out little ways that if it was to happen again, how could you potentially, I don't know if the right words improve, but like kind of make it less of an issue if, if that makes sense yeah. so I think like as an I like to I first of all obviously I think journaling is fantastic as well but it's I like to use it as a brain dump and it gets your thoughts from your head to paper where you, you can take a pause and step outside the situation as if you were giving the advice to a friend and objectively look at it without being in your own head and I think it, it kind of helps to take some of the emotion out of it as well that you can objectively look at it and go oh no actually that's actually not fact um that's maybe just more of a, an emotional response which is okay too but it just it does allow you to take a bit of a step back and reread it and go look at the facts rather than how you're feeling mm. um but yeah no I I, I do think everybody should journal <laughs> it's 
and I, yeah, I, I mean, I've only recently gotten into it, but now I'm bloody the spokeswoman for it, apparently. Cause I know. Because <laughs> it's, I know firsthand what it's like to not be able to, to keep things bottled up and to not understand how you feel or why you feel and just think, oh, just get on with it, you know, and it's just, it's just something that's helped me and allowed me to become more in line with my values, understand how I'm feeling. And then ultimately, like, I feel like I'm showing up as a better version of myself because I'm, you know, I'm coming, I'm just realizing and acknowledging how I feel and I'm able to work on that so that, you know, if it happens again or the situation that arose and that's how I felt, like I can, you know, change that in the future or, you know, it becomes something that's not as triggering, etc. Yeah, no, it, it took me a while to come around to it as well. So I do get that. But we got there and now we're seeing the benefits for it. So if you're listening, you know, start journaling. Start journaling. That is key. Um, <laughs> one of my kind of last questions is, like, do you have any advice to someone who is either starting their like health and fitness journey or even restarting their health and fitness journey of, you know, where if if they didn't want to reach out to a coach straight away, what is something positive or like what could they do in terms of nutrition or implement that may have a positive impact on <clears throat> their life or just to help them get started? Well, I will say, first of all, that like when you do feel ready and if you have the means to, that getting the support from a coach is invaluable um particularly if you recognize yourself in any of the above but in terms of nutrition itself keep it simple if we have a tendency to overcomplication i think that's sometimes because of the amount of information that is available to us but it doesn't need to be any more complicated than looking to include sources of protein with each of your meals this can be from both animal sources like meat or dairy or from plant sources like beans or pulses or even meat alternatives um Slowly looking to increase your fiber intake is always a good shout too, but emphasis on the slowly. So fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, beans, the list is endless there. So including uh, fiber intake, making sure that you are including carbohydrates as well. We have a tendency to cut those out first thing, but we do not need to do that. So making sure that you are including it. A big one, and this is super simple, but don't cut out the foods that you love. Mm. So remember, food does not have a moral value. Stop using food uh, as with the descriptions of good and bad. Instead, ask yourself, well, what does this food actually offer me? And sometimes that's nutrition. Sometimes mm. it's just because it's delicious and there is space for both of those things. Um, I think a lot of people as well will really benefit from establishing a regular eating pattern. So especially if you overeat. So a general example of this, and it may not always look like this, is three meals and two snacks. So making sure that you were eating foods that you actually enjoy and feel satisfied after. Um, I think after that, like... It really doesn't need to be any more complicated than that, but just being kind to yourself and showing yourself compassion. We've we've mentioned the journaling too, but in terms of nutrition, 
maybe sometimes it, there could be a place for making swaps or um, looking to include unsaturated sources of fat. Sometimes maybe reducing the amount of saturated fat we can uh, consume. But again, that's not necessarily where I would immediately start. But we've talked a lot about not going for the all or nothing approach. So that is probably an excellent, excellent place to start in that just look at what we can include and what food is offering you and not looking to reduce or take out or focus solely on I need to stop eating this. More a case of what is food offering me? What can I can include? What what can I do more of? What makes me feel good? And not just habits based on nutrition and exercise, but really emphasizing self-care and what makes you feel good? What are you doing that's solely just for you and not for anybody else? I love that. Really do. Um, is there any questions or anything that you would like to speak about that we haven't already covered that I'd just check in? No, but I, I do. Something that I'm always aware of kind of saying is that I am a nutritionist and I am a personal trainer. I'm not a psychologist I'm not your doctor I help people within my scope of practice and if the support that you need is outside of that I will always refer on in the same way that a GP might refer to me so I'm just always very mindful and aware of saying that when we're talking about this kind of stuff that I work with people on a subclinical level and mm -hmm. if you need support beyond that I am always going to refer you out to the person that can support you uh, and if anybody wanted to get in contact with you like where where can we find you so you will find me the main place really is instagram so my instagram handle is dc underscore health and fitness i do have an instagram page dc underscore nutrition as well if you're interested more in the nutrition side and the website is dchealthandfitness.com brilliant awesome well thank you so much for coming on uh the podcast i like well doing the podcast together i've really really enjoyed it and it's just nice to have these conversations with people who go through you know the the experiences that our clients do firsthand um and just to get your outlook on it and how you managed to kind of get where you were so yeah i really appreciate it thank you so much for having me awesome thanks Dee.